Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your driver this fine afternoon, Stephen Buja, and joining me, my Southern Belle, my Ms. Daisy, Amy Thomason. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm finer than a magnolia blossoming on a tree in the summertime. Is that a real phrase? No. No. Well, you, but you know, this you morning, said it was... but this morning my son finished his waffles and said, "Mommy, I am slap full." What is that? Is that that that's not a thing. You're making that up. He got that from my mother-in-law who is a southern southern lady, and I love her because oh. I definitely picked up a couple of her phrases, but when he said, "Mommy, I'm slap I was like, "Wow, you're southern." I don't know what that means. I, 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 I don't care. I mean, I would have, I would have accepted. Ah, uh, ah, uh, do declare. I think it Ooh. means you when you slap your belly, you're slap full. Yeah. All right. And that can, when I when I think about it, it makes it makes sense now. But still, weird. Sometimes it takes a while. I've only lived down here for twelve years. So. Okay. Okay. Well, folks, the time has come. We are here at last. The official discussion of the Best Picture winner at the 62nd Academy Awards, Driving Miss Daisy from 1989. There are, even at the time, it was controversial, and I can only imagine that in the 30 years since this award was given out, that time's nothing kind to it. So, we will get to that. But Amy, what is your experience with Driving Miss Daisy? I haven't seen this movie a ton. I think I saw it a couple of years ago. I didn't see it when it came out because I was, I mean, it came out the same year as The Little Mermaid. So I was in like fifth grade. So I right. went to see The Little Mermaid like three times that year. But I saw it and I remember a lot of people like my parents really enjoying it. And I watched it and I was like, eh, no. And when I recently watched it again for this podcast, I had very different reactions to it. Oh, she's got feelings. She's got thoughts on this it one. It gives me vapors. I've got some vapors. <laughs> okay, okay. My experience with this film, I saw it when I was younger, probably a teenager, living in Wonder Bread, Massachusetts. So it's watching this. You go, oh, yeah, that's... A isn't that yeah? They 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 fixed racism there. That's lovely. They came together. It's 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 marvelous. And you think it's cute. You when think you first it's cute. Watch it. You're like, oh, yeah, feisty. It's Morgan Freeman. It's Jessica Tandy. Everyone loves them. Of course, how could, it's a feel good movie. It's 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 emotional and it's, and the guy from Ghostbusters. I mean, and come the on. guy from Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd. There are many guys from Ghostbusters. It's Dan Aykroyd in this movie. Uh, and seeing it again, much different reaction. Both uh, shall we say culturally in one's wokeness and. In terms of storytelling and craft, I can't get behind the film entirely, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, we have to take a short break, come back, discuss the Academy Awards of that year, and literally every movie that came out in 1989. Because, true to form, if a, if a year ends in nine, it's probably going to be a good one, and 1989 is among one of the greatest years in history. So stick around for our talk about that. Thank you, Academy. We're up here for really one very simple reason, and that's the fact that Bruce Beresford is a brilliant director. It's as simple as that. Our everlasting thanks to Bruce and to Alfred Urey, whose words of Love and wisdom touched us all. Our thanks to a great cast, Jessica and Morgan, Danny, and the rest. Our thanks to the wonderful crew, those in Atlanta as well as those here. And uh, we thank David Brown for being very instrumental in the early stages of this production. And to our partner and dear friend, who had such great faith in us from the very beginning, 
and in this project from the very beginning, Jerry Parencio. I'd very much like to thank the people at Warner Brothers, Alan Stewart and, and Jake Eberts for taking care of us, and Bob Daly, Terry Semmel, Robbie Friedman, Joel Wayne, Rob Friedman, I said that twice, <laughs> Di McElwain, Ronnie Chasen, and very much the group in London at Majestic. And I would like to thank Ronnie Chasen, and I hope I'm as religious all the rest of the year as I've been the last two months. And I, and I would very much like to thank the Academy for honoring us and making my mama so proud. Thank you. The 62nd Annual Academy Awards took place on March 26, 1990. Billy Crystal hosted the show, uh, one of the longtime great, great hosts in Academy history. And Driving Miss Daisy went and stole the show with Best Picture that year. It was nominated for nine total Academy Awards. It won four, including Best Picture. What else did it Best Actress for Jessica Tandy, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Makeup. Yes. Uh, we can talk about Jessica Tandy, long time, you know, long Hollywood career. At the time, she was the oldest person to win a competitive acting Oscar. Who is now the leader? Either way. Anyways, uh, but it was it, this was very much career win for her. She would, of course, go on to later appear in Fried Green Tomatoes, to which she was also nominated, and a bunch of other movies in the '90s before passing away, which uh, great loss to the community. There was one you were telling me yes yesterday that featured her that was amazing that I'd never heard of in the '90s. A really cute movie that came out in the early 90s called Used People, and it has Marcello Mastriani, Shirley MacLaine, Kathy Bates, Marsha Gay Harden, uh, Joey Pants from The Sopranos is in it. And it really impacted me as a kid. It was, it was, a, it's, a, it's a small movie, but very, very good. And she's this little lady in it, but she's a real pisser and she's really funny. And I really liked it, and I remember the movie featured a Frank Sinatra song that really stuck with me in my life, and it ended up being the first uh, dance at my wedding. So, oh. there you go. Um, it's this little song called The Sky Fell Down. It's not one of his big ones, but a really good movie. So if anybody has ever heard of it or seen it or needs a little gem of a film about aging and family, this is a really good one and really, really good cast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, of course, it won makeup for making an old Jessica Tandy look young, which is impressive. Although there was a fun movie that year called The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which I think is great. Uh, that should have won that. Agreed. Award. I don't think it should have won. With an exception of Jessica Tandy, I'm not going to talk about Best Picture yet, but Best Adapted Screenplay was up against Born on the Fourth of July and Field of Dreams. Yeah. And my left foot. My left foot, yeah. Although I will, I bet, I bet, born on the Fourth of July and my left foot cancel each other out because they're both about people who have disabilities. I don't know why, but yes, uh, the the film was written by Alfred uh, Urey, fr adapted from his own uh, prize-winning play called Driving Miss Daisy, and he would win Best Adapted Screenplay for better or, shall we say, probably worse. <laughs> <laughs> but the film also picked up five other nominations. What were they? Best Actor for Morgan Freeman. Mm -hmm. yes. I think I think that's one of the things. When you become American, there's certain requirements. You should have to love the movie The Shawshank Redemption, and you should have to love Morgan Freeman, because I've never heard anybody not think Morgan Freeman is not the greatest thing ever. Okay. Best Supporting Actor for Dan Aykroyd for playing Bully. <laughs> what? Is that a is that a, is that just a southern name? It, what do you know any bullies? Stupid name and no, I don't know any. And I know people who have southern names. I I mean I know people named Rhett <laughs> because I didn't know after Gone with the Wind that people actually named their children Rhett. But Why would you name your kids Rhett after Gone with the Wind? He was a he was terrible. There are several students. There's more than one student at my school whose first name is Dixie. So uh. like I said. Okay. Southern 
very southern names. Oh. Hollis, Dale. Hollis is a first name. So oh. lots of southern names, and I've heard them all, but Bully kind of annoys me. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Okay, uh, best art direction slash set direction. Best costumes, best film editing. You know what? They usually most best picture nominees get nominated for best editing, and you need to have one of the uh, first class technical awards, which is editing, cinematography, and probably score, to really to really sell yourself as a front runner because because there's something missing from the nom list of nominations for this Best Picture winner. And what, I, I can't think of it, what, what, is, what is missing? Do you know what is missing from here? What nomination is gone from this list? Let's see. Best Director. Really? That is, that is striking. Best Director. That seems like something that doesn't happen that often. A film wins Best Picture, but is not nominated for Best Director. In my knowledge, that has happened... It happened twice before this, and at least one time after this. Do you know those info? Do you know that info? Uh, Mr. Buja, I sure do. Oh. I do before declare. this was the very first Best Picture winner, which was Wings. Mm -hmm. And the great classic Grand Hotel. Solid movie. Enjoy that. And since then, Argo. Yeah. Which, which should have gotten a Best Director nominee. It really, it really, that was that was because I think that year had many great, wonderfully directed movies. But Ben Affleck is a solid, solid director. He's he is? really good at that. Let's not talk about Live by Night. We don't. Nobody, no, ain't nobody talking about Live by Night. It's fine. But the film was directed by Bruce Beresford, who had he had some pretty good films to his name uh tender mercies which got um robert duvall his best actor in 1984 that also picked up beresford's uh for only academy award nomination as well he ended up being completely ripped off later into a movie called crazy heart with jeff bridges which literally has the exact same plot and robert duvall is also in that he is he is also and also got jeff bridges a Best actor win. I love Crazy, Part, Crazy Heart, and also I, I I think it's a great song, Crazy Heart. Mm -hmm. Ah, and um, and he even admits that it was that Driving Miss Daisy was not, in fact, that well directed. It was well written, is very well written according to him, but uh, was it, Bruce? Was it very well written? Anyways, anyways. It had to go through a, a minefield of excellent movies. Hoke, Morgan Freeman had to drive this thing precisely in order to win. What were the four other films nominated for Best Picture that year? A couple movies that no one ever talks about anymore, like Field of Dreams. I've oh, never heard of it. Never heard of it. I don't. <laughs> Born on the 4th of July, My yeah. Left Foot with Mr. Buja's version of Peter O'Toole. Mr. Your O'Toole's words, not mine, up. but probably true, yes. He's he's your Peter O'Toole. And Dead Poet Society. Movies that are still 100% in the foreground of our culture. Yes. Field of Dreams, great baseball movie with Kevin Costner, My Left Foot, great work at art, you know, artistic uh, one of the fir first of three wins by Daniel Day-Lewis, born on the 4th of July. Tom Cruise's best role. Like, he acts the hell out of that. We, we, we forget Tom <laughs> Cruise doing movies like this. I know that you love all of his action movies, and he is a very good action movie person, but I miss The Rain Man. I miss Born on the 4th of July. I miss A Few Good Men, because he was so... Magnolia, he, he did so many great and interesting roles that didn't rely on him being a beautiful mm -hmm. man right. or an action. And I miss that. I'm like, yeah. Tom Cruise... Mid-80s to early 90s, Tom Cruise, he was in... He was in films. He's been in movies since then, but he was in films back in the day. And, of course, Dead Poet Society, uh, 
Um, okay. I, I don't like. I don't. We. I don't think I actually have to watch that movie. No. Because I've seen it so many times. I'm like, yes, I could. I could. I. We could have a conversation about that film right now if we wanted to. We are not going to do that. I could use it as an excuse to watch it again because it's on <laughs> right now. Oh yay! But there's so many pretty. There's so many. There's so many great movies that are are great because they're great. We only remember Driving Miss Daisy now because this podcast forces us to talk about the Best Picture winners, and Driving Miss Daisy won the Best Picture of the Year, which is crazy. I think a little bit, but okay. So these are the five movies nominated for Best Picture. Solid list. All around, definitely. But as I alluded to earlier, 1989 was no slouch. What are just just throw out some of the movies that were that were released that year that uh, were just in theaters? Okay. What was 1989 like? Henry V with Kenneth Branagh. I love that movie. He got he got nominated for Best Director. He he, he took he took he took the spot that Bruce Beresford would have because and the uh, the honestly the Agincourt scene in that movie is amazing. It's St. Crispin's Day speech. Oh, oh, it's so good! It's so good. Kenneth Branagh, it's great. Yes, Henry V. Parenthood, really an underrated film. I saw it when I was little. I liked it when I was little. I watched it now when I was like, this is so accurate. Mm -hmm. Real, I think it's um, Ron Howard's best movie personally. I think it's, it's an excellent, excellent film. Not to be underrated because it seems like a small comedy. It's excellent. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Well, what? I'd nominate that for Best Picture. That's my favorite indie film. It really is. Lethal Weapon 2. Yep. The best Lethal Weapon. The Fabulous Baker Boys. Solid. A Little Michelle Pfeiffer in a Red Dress on a Piano. Uh, the Little Mermaid. One of the greatest... Disney movies ever. Sex Lies and Videotape. Excellent, excellent film. Yes, which we will, which I hope to discuss later on. It I there's really a movie that's basically started the independent film revolution of the 90s that we are still feeling today. Steven Soderbergh makes this excellent, excellent, low budget, powerful movie. You're like, what am I watching? I, I, I can't even with it. It's so good. So good. Excellent, excellent. When Harry Met Sally, still totally a classic. Mm -hmm. Looking back, that could have been nominated for Best Picture. I mean, come on. Yeah. I'll have what she's having. That line alone, and it's a, it's so good. It's so, 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 so good. Steel Magnolias, another classic based on a play, but this one was amazing. Yeah. Tim Burton's Batman. Started it all. Uh, I have, I have... I have eh, feelings towards it, but I know I know you like it a lot. But, but it was I, significant because it really brought back. I don't remember comic book movies. Well, no, you had two. No, there were no. There there really were no comic book movies. This and was without the those, comic book movies. Without those, I don't think you'd have the the newer ones. No. And yeah. like it or not, Nicholson's uh, Joker, iconic. He's yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, the movie The Abyss. Which One of the I best James Cameron movies. Yeah. Please, somebody put that on Blu-ray. For the love of God, James Cameron, get off your lazy ass and do it. Good Lord. Take a break from your avatar. <sighs> so mad. So but mad. yes, I heard that. I heard that that one was excellent. Glory. Yes. Unbelievable. If you're gonna see a Morgan Freeman movie made from this year. Go see Glory. Yeah, go, go see Glory. It got Denzel his first of two uh, acting wins. This one for Best Supporting Actor. Could have been, it was probably number six on the list of Academy Award yeah. you know, nominated films. It just, just missed the cut. Uh, Matthew Broderick, stunning in it. Just absolutely a great movie. Uh, I, think, I, I think you're missing what uh, could be argued is the best movie of that of that year, uh, one of the best movies of all time, and that's Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Cause come on, <laughs> who doesn't love Roadhouse, right? Right? It's, Agreed. It's, this is true. It's 
it's absurd. It's so eighties and terrible, and I I, I love it. To you death. love it. You I do. It. Oh, it's so it's so right bad. Now. But you're just like, like oh, yeah, you gotta watch yeah, it. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. Because but there are movies that are just always fun to watch, even if you don't. It's not a you know, it's not Fellini, but. Yeah. Good but movie. you know what? You don't need to watch Fellini. I'd go insane if I if I watch nothing but Fellini. I've also become pretentious and terrible, more so than I already am. So you need to watch Roadhouse every every now and then. Or you need to watch another great movie from 1989. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Amazing movie. One of the best time travel movies. How about Did say... Did you see a former, um, our, our podcast guest host posted something on our Facebook page with the about Lincoln? Oh, no, that was me. That was you. He rem- he. Both of you got into it though on Facebook talking about it. But yes. Yes, and how it's going. You have that. You can watch. Say anything. You can. There's license oh, to kill. Anything. Such a who. See, see, look at all. Look at look look at 1989. License to kill. One of the, a great Bond movie and Star Trek Five. Actually, a terrible Star Trek movie, but still has like something going on there, and it's just amazing. And then, and we haven't even discussed the movie that. Everyone remembers from 1999. That is so uh, is so good and so in your face. It was Ebert's number one film, relevant. and it's still great. And it's more it's relevant, relevant today than it was then. What film is that? Do the right thing. Motherfucking do the right thing. Oh, it's so good. Magnum opus. Uh, yeah, his debut. He was a kid when he made this movie, and he he comes on and he says, "Look at me." Look at this. It's uh, we will be discussing that film next week on a should have been a contender because it was not nominated. It picked up a nomination for best supporting actor for Danny Aiello, who's great, and best screenplay, I believe. And uh, but there were people, there were people at the show. Kim Basinger came on to announce the winners or the nominee, the nominees of best picture that year, and said, and by the way. Do the right thing was not there, and everyone got mad because there was such a there was such a groundswell of support for Do the Right Thing. You think, you think the the people who thought Get Out should have won Best Picture were crazy? Imagine if we had Twitter back when Do the Right Thing came out. It would, it would there would have been boycotts more so than all there already already was. It it it, it was it was insane. Spike Lee, Do the Right Thing. Still, it's, you know, the fashion is terrible. There are cell phones now, but it's, this movie could have been made yesterday. It could take place, yes, it could take place like a week from now. It, yeah. it could take place in the future and it would still, it, it would, would still it work. Would, it, would, it would still, I mean, maybe not in New Bed-Stuy, because New Bed-Stuy has been, uh, been, been gentrified to, to, hell, to all hell, but. It, Which they talk about in the movie. Yes, very, 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 very briefly. Uh, needless to say, I think the point what we're trying to make is 1989, hell of a year. And to be sort of carried, spearheaded by Driving Miss Daisy feels just a little like somebody dropped the ball. But the question is, how badly did they drop the ball? And we are going to answer that question <laughs> when we re. Uh, ain't nothing wrong with you. Your mind done took a turn this morning, that's all. You're you, you gonna snap right back quick as you let yourself. I can't. I can't. You, you a lucky old woman, you know that? No, no. It's all a mess now. No, I, and I, I can't, can't do anything about it. Oh, now look at you. Here, here, you rich. You well for your time. You got folks to care about what happened to you. I'd be in trouble. Oh, God, I don't want to be troubled. Now, you, you want something to cry about. I'm going to run you out yonder to that state home. Let you see what's laying around out there in oh, the Lord. house. Oh, Lord. And I bet I ain't now one of them carrying on the way you doing here. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, that was poor All right, now, place. you keep this up now, and Mr. Worthing's going to call that doctor on you. And just to show as you bone, that doctor's going to have you out yonder in that insane asylum before you know what hit you. Now, now that's the way you want it to be. Yes. Do you still have that Hudson? You talking about from when I first come? Oh, 
No, Mr. Davis. No, that thing been in the junkyard now more than 15 years. No, I'm driving your next to last car now. 1965 Cadillac. Running fine as wine, too. You ought not to be driving anything the way you see. No, now. How you know how I can see less than you can look out my eyes. Hmm? Yes. You're my best friend. No, I'm gone now, Miss no, Daisy. You, you really? Me. You are. You are. Let's get people up to speed. Amy, what is Driving Miss Daisy all about? A pretty nice black man gets stuck driving around a bitter old hag for several decades. The end. Yeah. No mayhem ensues, actually. Nothing. Mm -mm. He yeah. just drives her around. Just drives her around. So... Yeah, and and he puts up with her shitty personality, and then the movie ends. <laughs> and and you have been listening to the Oscar Watch Podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So where do you want to begin? Do you want to begin... Of the movie. Do you want to begin at um, the acting, the characters? Shall we school people on the trope of the magical Negro? Should we complain yes. about... Uh, why people love this place so much. Where where shall we begin? Mag magical Negro? Magical Negro. Mag magical, magical Negro. Okay. A very popular and uh, far too popular trait in a lot of white people need need some help with their soul kind of movies. And so a Magical Negro comes in. What is the... What is, the, what, what, what is that trope exactly? Can you define it any better? The trope is that the magical Negro has no real life of their own. And so they're always there at the white person's um, time of need. And they kind of give up everything to help give this person what they need. And then the white person reaches glory and the black magic Negro either fades away, dies, just goes into the background. Right, right. And sadly, a lot of times in recent films, this character is also played by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yes, Morgan Freeman uh, has made a career of of this. I think you, I think you even say that, kind of like kind of in glory, he was a magical Negro as well to other, other to the uh, to the Negro soldiers in the Civil War, but all all the same. But he has literally played God in helping out uh, Jim Carrey and. Uh, What's his face? Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Uh, two, two, separate, two separate times. Played God to a bunch of penguins. Magical Negro there. It's In it's, um, Million Dollar Baby, he helps the girl. And they never reach, and the Magical Negro never reaches glory on his own. He's just happy to help the white person out. Yes, he is. That's he, he, he is, he is he's truly the Tenzing Norgay. Of all of the Edmund Hillarys who are climbing up Everest in the movies we have. So, um, so you mentioned that they don't have a life of their own, and that's something I noticed this time. The entire movie takes place essentially in this very fine and lovely brick house, which I would love to live in and garden. All day long, I like I I would love that, but all the action takes place in Jessica Tandy's home, or car, or car, or car, or your or her all, it's her yeah, world. it's 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 all her world, and I I I kept seeing like I kept noticing that he is always coming to her. We never we never get a sense of Poke, the character, of, of his of his life. At one point, his name alone is. is demeaning yeah it's I, I like it's that's that's the names in this the names of the characters in this movie drove me up the wall I mean, there's very little 
to like about this film. Yeah, Dave's worth it. Bully. Florine. Patty Lupone, how'd you? But anyway, Morgan Freeman's character, he doesn't he doesn't exist. We learn he at one point he's talking to Dan Aykroyd, who's Jessica Tandy's son in this. About how he has his daughter who went off to at school. The end, at the, at at the, the end at of the, the movie, end. after he's known these people for decades. He starts in, it starts in 1958? 1948 and goes to 1973. We just learned that he has a daughter. Like, we know, there's no, we don't explore that at all. We just go, like, oh yeah, by the way, I had a daughter. Like, Jesus. And he's married. He's married. He, but all we see him do is hang around the house waiting for this old fucking lady to just maybe kind of want to go out to her stupid-ass bridge game, head on Maj- over to the Piggly Wiggly. She's Jewish. She plays Mahjong. Oh, but she plays... Sorry. That, no, that, that, that you, you, are, you, are, you are correct. You are, you, are, you are very correct. And it's it's so demeaning that we get to see all of... We get to see... We get to see I'm going to say character growth and in quotes among Jessica Tandy but yet Morgan Freeman's character he's basically the same I think he learns to read that's really the only growth he goes through because he's not there to he's not there to learn he's already he's already where he's supposed to be he knows he's there to tell the white lady what the hell is wrong with the world in the most like manner possible but even that he never really does and the, the thing that bothers me about that scene at the end with bully god i can't even say his name with a straight face without wanting to shoot myself is that true we're the audience members so maybe he has a life but we just haven't seen the scenes with it the thing that 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 shows how insignificant his life is is not just it's, that it's the first time we're hearing about it it's the first time bully's hearing about it Bullies know this guy for, I can't do the math, 30 years? 25 years. 25 years. years, And he's like, oh, you have a daughter? It's like this person has been in your house, your mother's house, all day long for 25 years. And you never knew because apparently one of the traits of a magical Negro is my life does not matter. No, it doesn't matter, and it it ends at the end of every scene. the The true testament to great character is believing that when they are not on screen, they are off doing something else with their family, with their friends. They're just they're living a life. I never believe that Hoke. I Hoke just they just pull the plug on him. He powers down, and then he powers back up when when Jessica Tandy needs to be a bitch about something and he lives and he lives to serve her and right. that is it and jessica tandy and bully and all them they're perfectly fine with that right and it's Wait, really sad but I, I was thinking about this this morning i was thinking about a movie that i like that a lot of people today have issues with which is gone with the wind right and one of the other tropes of black characters is the mammy character Mammy in Gone with the Wind is a far less insulting character than Hoke in Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. Because Hoke also played another trope, which is the Uncle Tom, which is, I'm a servant and I'm just happy to serve. Yeah. And that's it. That's his life. The thing that Mammy in Gone with the Wind did in 1939 and a character playing an actual slave, is she called Scarlett O'Hara on her bullshit. She's like, Scarlett, you're trash. This man that you're marrying is also trash. She always called Scarlett on her bullshit. And that won her an Oscar. that respect for her. And she basically would tell her, you're full of shit. You're trash and your mother would be ashamed of you. She had guts. She had guts. And even in the book, even in that dated, antiquated book, Scarlett O'Hara at one point mentions she'd never she could fool her own mother, but she could never fool Mammy because Mammy knew her had her number. Hoke, nothing. The he only serves to drive and to be helpful to this woman who I guess because it's played by Jessica Tandy, we're supposed to find her cute. She's not. She's a bitch. She's rather, she's, she's, yeah. she doesn't change. No one changes. There's zero changing. 
But they get to be friends. They get to be friends. They get to be transact. They get to have a transactional relationship that's completely one-sided, which to Jessica Tandy is totally like being friends. You know. Oh, that last line, and that's what kills me. At the end of the movie, when she's this even more bitter old hag. And she's showing dementia. And she's showing dementia. Yes. And okay. she's showing dementia. Is that which is really the only time that you can sort of have a past because my grandmother was the greatest woman that ever lived. And when she had dementia, she re- literally became a different person. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so dementia, I give you that. But all, but that also says something that only in dementia does she say to Morgan Freeman, you're my best friend. And she shows any kind of appreciation for him. Right. It takes dementia for her to like, kind of see him as a person. And you know what? I bet, I bet she didn't know that he had kids or anything like that. She, I bet she never once visited Morgan Freeman. I, there's, it's all just like, you're, you're, you are, you are the, it was literally a friendship of convenience. Like you're the only one who's been here and not left because I'm terrible. So that to me gets a gold star to you. Good sir. It's, it's now I, when, when that happens, I do feel it because Jessica Tandy is very good act is very very good actress, and I do have a soft spot for when people are at their lowest and they are just pouring out their heart. And I, I do believe that she believes that Hoke is her best friend. And and I do and I and I I honestly I honestly will say that that probably that scene probably won her the Oscar playing a dementia patient will win people an Oscar certainly back in 1989, but. Upon reflection, you go. This is it's. I I I doubt that Ho that Miss Daisy is Hoke's best friend. I bet Hoke's got a bunch of drinking buddies. You generally... down you know, down on, down on, down on the other side of the tracks. He's just like hanging out. He's, he's just happy. He just he's the happiest person in the world. And he's like, oh, I have to go drive Miss Daisy. Fine, I'll help her. But I don't. It's it's also it's so transactional and one sided that it's because my best friends don't call me Miss Amy. They just call me Amy. Right. Or Ames or, or you. Yeah. That's not, it's, it's still like towards the end, he's still the servant. You don't feel a reversal in their relationship. Nothing. It's just, you know, I'm the the driver. And now we've, we, we've talked about a few things. It's doubtful. You white lady have learned anything. And, then I and then and then I will, then we will end by me me the black guy giving you pie because isn't that charming? It's not. It's not charming. It's, it's not charming. nauseating. It's nauseating. And and okay, it's nineteen eighty nine. You're a member of the academy. You are probably a white guy like me, a white lady like you. Vast majority. You watch this and go, yeah. We just solved the racism. It's lovely. It's fine. I I do. Do I understand why people would feel comforted by this in America in the 80s? Yes, because it paints this rosy picture of race relations. If Morgan Freeman and Jessica Tandy can get along and find some agreement and become quote unquote best friends, then isn't there hope for all of us? It's a it's a fine message. But you know what it also is? complete bullshit because it's, it's also look how happy morgan freeman is in his position in the world right and he's it's a swell guy yeah he's but it's also bullshit it's also things. bullshit you know why you know, you know why it's bullshit because this is 1948 in alabama no georgia georgia yeah georgia. it's 1948 it's, in georgia you got a jewish lady being driven by a black guy and it is it seems like this film is happening yesterday with all of like, with, with, like, with how accepting everybody is you're like no no i will i will and i will cop to the fact that there are probably there are probably relationships like this but if you want to tell a story if you're trying to tell a story screenwriter about about a, forging a relationship in a time in the Jim Crow South like this, you did it terribly because 
it is you you whitewash over everything that is happening all of the all of the demeaning humiliating shit all of the you know the the assassinations of the famous black leaders just just the just the fact that uh hoke can't go to the bathroom in the you know when he's when he's driving in in, in alabama when they go there it's you you glance over all of that oh god it's it's it's, and she's like why is it taking so long to get there oh my gosh and this is only after she allows him to serve her because remember at first she's like ah I don't need you. I'm just going to walk everywhere. It's like, oh, you're so feisty. Just get in the car, you stupid old hag. Shut up. And then she won't She won't let him go to the bathroom. And this is, again, this isn't like day one of their relationship. This is after they've, you know, their relationship. Years and years into it. Years. The relationship has been grown. She won't let him go to the bathroom. And she bitches to him that it's so inconvenient for her that he has to go to the bathroom. And guess why they got lost? Because she won't let him hold the map. Right. And, and she also won't let him drive at a normal speed. And yet, so he has to drive slow. He has to listen to this crazy old bat who doesn't know where the hell she's going. And he has to hold in his bladder. And she's bitching to him, he never once loses his temper with her. He never once is like, listen, you old sow, I have to take a piss. If I were him, I would have gone around outside the door of her where she was going to get out of the car, and I would have pissed right outside her door and, the, and then given her the finger and been like, you want to bitch about it? Do something <laughs> about it. And then just ditched her on the side yeah. of the road. It's be like, that would have been me. Yeah. It would have been like, hey, good luck being a Jewish lady in Alabama. That's gonna go well for you, isn't it? And what? But before, before we get to the before we get to the anti-Semitism, but the fact that it's like it's supposed to be oh their relationship has grown. No, it never does because he. It's not like he kind of goes off on her and then she suddenly is like, oh my god, he's right. I am wrong, and I really need to, and I and I haven't been seeing him as a person. And then all of a sudden she starts taking an interest in his life. She meets his family. That yeah. would have been an interesting movie. It, w- it would have been. I was I was watching this and I I imagined it as there's this kid who's the writer, who is at at the at a lake and the lake is just it's just a metaphor for for racism and the South and like how to tell the story and the kid's like I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into that lake and it's gonna be great but he doesn't he just goes over and he gently goes oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna dip my toe. One, one little, one little, oh, one little, oh, there's a little bit, oh, okay. And he just dips his, he dips his toe into that lake and goes, all right, that's, all right, that's, that's, that's all I need. Because they talk around all of these incidents, all of these things, all of the, 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 you know, there are no, the no, you know, colored bathrooms at the gas stations. There's, uh, there's a moment where I thought like, okay, something, something's going to happen where they're in, they're driving to Alabama to go to go celebrate someone's birthday. Fine. Great. Okay. I get that. And. Bully calls, uh, calls the house to talk to talk talk to Daisy, and you're like, and he he asks like, how's how's Hope doing? And she's like, Hope's fine, and like, why wouldn't he be? And Bully goes, and he just sort of rolls his eyes, and then it cuts away. I'm like, no, you like you need to talk about talk about the shit that is happening all around. Like it's not happening to you, but it should be. It should be happening to somewhere, and they. And there is, I was thinking about it, there is a way to tell this story, to have this uh, a black guy drive around this crazy old bat and have it be powerful and relevant. You can, you could, you can infuse it with, with, with energy and with consequence and talk about the shitty race, race relations in the Jim Crow South, but it doesn't do anything. This is as safe a movie about race as ever it's a hallmark movie i was watching like this would be on the hallmark i i watch a lot of fucking movies on the hallmark channel okay i do this movie would be on the hallmark channel it would be considered edgy even today because one of the main characters is a black guy and anytime there's anything even when they get they get pulled over by the cops and you think oh maybe he'll get treated really badly badly and she'll see it and it'll it'll affect her and 
she'll kind of start to change because they have 25 years to show change. Nope. Nope. It, it's okay. like that. Like th I, I perked up. I perked up at that scene. I'm like, okay, here we go. Some, some shit's going to go down. He's going to get beaten. She's going to get, get cussed out. And no, they drop, they drop, they drop one N word. And you're like, Oh, all that is. Yeah. After they leave. They drive far away. And they're like, Oh, an N word in an old Jew. And then they shake their heads and that's it. Yeah. And it's, it's a movie written, it's a movie like written by, written and directed by a white guy to make you, to, yeah, 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 to, to, to make, to make, to make us white people go, all right, well, see, that happened, but it's still far enough removed that, yeah, we're past that now. Remember, it's the 80s. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's not, it's not like it's. Still, and it makes it totally. look like it was never really that it bad. It's not a that big deal. And it was that, a that big deal. more insulting is that it seems like, but look how happy he was. And like, yeah. they were kind of, they were so cute together. And it, so it leaves the impression that things really weren't that bad. And right. she never changes, and he never changes. I think she lets him, she finally, like, really needs a driver. So she gets in the car, and he starts driving her around. But over the course of those 25 years, until the last scene of the movie, when she has dementia, right. it says he's her friend, that's it. That's the only change. So bizarre. It's, it's so bizarre. And there's that, there's that insulting, this insulting scene. When she is invited to hear the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King give a speech, and uh, it, it, they they have and they have this song and dance her her and, and Hope about uh, you know going and how you should he should go he shouldn't go and it's just you want there to be something but something sparks to fly not not romantic sparks but conflict sparks you want there to be friction and it's all it uh, like everything in here it just ends with a oh we just gotta we just we have to we have to end this scene so let's just have him wait in the car and listen to this and feel slightly annoyed but then everything's fine he's miffed and the thing the again another scene the only person who ever sort of calls her out on her bullshit is her son right is at the beginning when she goes oh you know what those people are like. He's like, Mama, do you realize, like, you sound like such a bigot right now. And she's like, oh, how dare you say that? I, I'm not prejudiced. It's like, oh, because you don't use the N-word, yet you're a goddess. Right. And then he's the one who's like, we're not going to come. Why don't you give the tickets to Hoke? She's like, why would I do that? Yeah. He wouldn't want to come. And it's like, oh, this shit, is he wouldn't want to come. And, 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 and she's like, and she, and then, Oh my god, it's just, it's maddening. The other thing that makes me psychotic is, and this might transition us into the other issue that we need to talk about. So she's Jewish. Yes. And someone bombed her church. And even then, like, he can't get up all the way. And she's like, why is there traffic? I'm going to miss services. And she's still bitching and moaning about it. It's like, what do you want him to do? For the record, for the record I just love you. I love your old your old Jewish lady accent. It just sounds an awful lot like your Valley Girl accent. It's Continue. Continue. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just go, 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 so go. anyway, so she's all like, <sighs> and he's like, it got bombed. And so then she's all upset and in the back of the car. And he he's, again, trying to make the magical negro try to comfort the white lady and he tells the story of how like when he was a little boy he saw his best friend's father hanging from a tree in front of their house yeah. and when he's telling the story she could not give less of a fuck about right. hearing the why story. why would you tell me this story why would you and tell she, me that hoax and she's and it's like she's like what and it's so much it's 99% i don't care why are you wasting my time listening to this stupid story this is about me right and it's like yeah your church got bombed but you know what everybody's fine First See, of all, my best friend and, i mean one is a little more traumatic than the other and she's basically like dude why are you boring me with this stupid story about your life and yeah. i oh yeah, and in in this and moment, like I'm not, and he goes, well, you know, it's sort of, and he has to be like, it's kind of a connection. It's like, you know, I've seen racism, and now you've dealt with prejudice, and she's like, 
it's not the same thing at all because God forbid he should put them on the same level together because he's just the magical Negro and she's, you know, the delicate, frail, old, yeah. stupid hag. Yeah. She is, she is the worst it, because it, in this, in this moment, she's, it's meant to be an eye opening moment of like, Oh, I, as a Jewish lady am, you know, prejudiced. You know, I, I, I am discriminated against, which first of all, in the movie, no, no, you effing not. You hang out with all of your other Jewish lady friends. I imagine rich your rich lady Jewish friends, lady friends, the who all funny, have their black drivers. Right. And the she other, talks about how she's not rich. Oh yeah, um, and, and, and 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 that's and, and that's and that's another thing. But like you and the literally five other Jewish ladies in the entire city of Atlanta, Georgia, have never experienced racism. This is the the 1940s 50s and 60s where something i think there was something that happened earlier in the 40s where it affected the entire jewish community i just i just can't remember what it was but to imply that like oh because i wasn't there i wasn't affected is really insulting it's um because she wasn't affected because she's a terrible person she is a, she's a terrible this is 1948 person. it's literally three years after and she's in her 60s right. this is three years after world war ii they would have uh, and she's just in her own little world and again but the fact that the movie presents her as she's supposed to be this cute little feisty lady they don't present it like her attitude is a problem. It's not presented that way. It's presented as we are supposed to think she's great and yeah, it's and she's, she's difficult and charming and spunky and, and whatnot. And that's the thing. You could present her as a terrible person who is combative with her driver and then they break through and there's the scene at the end where she goes to his house and helps him. And that's that makes them friends and you go finally it's there but it doesn't it plays or she it recognizes her own racism or right. she realizes she opens her eyes to problems that are right in front of her that she never acknowledged before but it no it doesn't it, it wants to play it maudlin it wants to play it safe it wants to appeal it wants to appeal to America to America as as we want it to be like yeah we 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 solved that and we can we can all be friends and isn't that aw shucks gee whiz and that, that is and, and you know what that is fine they're so happy black people were so happy back then right and you know what it's it's fine to want to do that it's fine to want to do that you know what it's not fine to do to take that movie this movie and say this is the best picture of the year 1989. The year 1989, which gave us two amazing films about race relations in America, Do the Right Thing and Glory, two of two great movies. One of them, all time, one of the greatest, one of the greatest American films of, of, of all time, and Glory, just astounding. It to to call this the best is insulting, and that if if we were just reviewing this movie because. For whatever reason, we decided, hey, let's talk about Driving Miss Daisy, and it hadn't won anything. It was just, oh yeah, that little film with Morgan Freeman and Jessica Tandy. We go, yeah, it's it's, it's terrible. It's terrible, but it's whatever. It's fine. It's like it belongs. Like I said, it belongs on the Hallmark Channel. But when you give some, when you award something the best of, and you give it thirty years to marinate, we can we can say that they fucked up and they're like they it needs it's and because it because it won the movie is now worse because of it if it hadn't won anything you'd be like all right fine if it only been nominated like well thank god we dodged that bullet but because it won it becomes 10 times more insulting because that's what the esteemed and i use air quotes members of the academy wanted to call the best at the time and that shows poorly on them and it shows poorly on what they think of America when there are better movies to to award that year literally any other and better movie the other two weren't even nominated I... that oh it's so frustrating my mind mm. blows my mind fine you think do the right thing is a little too temperamental and controversial give it to glory right 
Because like Glory, because Glory has Glory has the white the white character you, you can get behind. It has a, a great performance with Denzel, Morgan, everybody. War movie, costume drama. It's like why and wasn't that? Are not these stock trope characters? Oh, Denzel that. Washington has a personality, and there are moments where he's stubborn and he comes across as kind of a jerk, and but he changes and he's like like a. He's like a human being. Yeah, and when oh, and when he when he when he gets when he gets whipped and he's just he's got that tear like oh my god you're so good. He's another one you can't not like Denzel Washington. Yeah, Every I, person has to love him, and I'm so glad I got to see him in the Iceman comic a couple months ago. That is that that is very that is very exciting. So all right all right we've been we've been ragging on this movie. Is there anything about this movie you like? Like is there any good parts about this movie? No. There really? really is not. There's no. nothing that I like about this movie. I know. I'm going to disagree and say the music by Hans oh, Zimmer. Oh, really? I, I will. It's, it's, it's iconic. It's, it's fine. It's fine. And it's iconic. I, when, when listening, when it came up, I thought, that's the score to Driving Miss Daisy? I have heard this in so many things over the years. So I will say it's Hans Zimmer. He's one of the best. That the music is fine. The... Um, Technical speed. No, nothing else. Nothing else is actually good in the movie. The editing is terrible. It feels like, it feels like the, if they did shoot more, they just left all of the consequential, controversial stuff on the, on the cutting room floor. I don't think there ever was. I but I I don't. I pro there probably wasn't. Cinematography is. You're in a house and who cares? I, 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 I could see everything. Right. It's. I I don't understand how it made 150 million dollars. No, I no, I take that back. I do, I do, and it insults the shit out of me, and I feel so angry about it. Because I knew people who really liked this movie when it came out. They thought it was cute and sweet. Cute and charming. But that, cute and sweet and charming, do not a best picture make. It wasn't, but the thing is, it's not a cute and charming film. It's an insulting film. And watching watching Morgan Freeman in that movie, like, I'm embarrassed for him. Yeah. I want to be like you're better than this, right. and you're so much better than this. I'm I'm sorry, Morgan Freeman. Please accept my apologies. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's fine. Goes and cries on his millions of dollars. And his, <laughs> his Academy Award. One, one, one Academy. One Academy. Award. Million dollar baby. Anyway. Anyways, um, I don't even have to ask. But I'm going to because we have to. Did Driving Miss Daisy deserve one of the picture in 1999? No. <laughs> Okay, solid. No, Driving Miss Daisy did not deserve to win Best Picture in 1989. Did not even deserve to be nominated. Uh, Henry V should have been nominated. Do the Right Thing should have been nominated. Glory should have been nominated. Say Sex anything. Sex on the videotape. Sex on the videotape should have been nominated. The Abyss. God Little damn, Mermaid. The Abyss is so Put good. Put it in animated. Little we Mermaid. Just as good as Beauty and the Beast, if not better than Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. Come on, it's actually Weekend, you know, Weekend at Bernie's is a movie that is about the about how terrible people were in the '80s, and I love it. I say anything, it. Lloyd Dauber. Lloyd Dauber, yeah, he's still in Just yeah. I we we can just we just list movies and go. Yep. If you need yep. a if you need a good movie about the South, pop in Steel Magnolias. There you go. There you go. Ah, oh, I am. It's so lots of feisty, lots of cute, feisty Southern ladies who are actually funny. Like Shirley MacLaine is freaking awesome in that movie. It's a great movie. It's 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 a it's Dolly a lot Fields. of fun. It's a lot of fun. Dolly Parton. <sighs> anyways, anyways, um, you have been listening to the Oscar Watch podcast. Thank you so much. If you want to voice your opinion on Driving Miss Daisy or 1989. Feel free to write us an email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to follow us on social media at oscarwatchpod. Next week should have been a contender. Do the right thing with special guest, we hope. He is booked. We'll see if it happens. Uh, I am really looking forward to revisiting this one. Black Klansman just came out in theater, Spike Lee's new joint. So, a little fun. Fun little timing right there. He's he's still he's still doing it. He's still in the game. He's still still making movies that make you uncomfortable. And God bless him for that. Do the right thing next week. Amy Thomason, where can folks find you? 
athomason 11 on Twitter or message us on our Facebook page. Especially if you liked this movie, that's really kind of what I want to hear about. Right. Because, please, right. and, <laughs> please and, explain it to me. Yes, and folks, we, we know we've been passionate. We've been a little, perhaps, insulting to the movie itself. But we try, we do respect your opinion to like any movie you want. We do. And we, 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 love that. we love that you like the movies you like. Keep on liking them. But we do want we do want to hear from we do want to hear your experience about this movie. It would be it would be great. It, it, we we would love that. We'd love to hear from you. Safe space, go for it, go for it. And um, until next time, we'll see you on the right carpet. Uncertainty stinging